Hello, you are listening to Disney Travel Tales, episode number 54. This is a space where you can escape the real world and immerse yourself in someone's recent Disney trip. I'm Jenny, and today I'm talking with Judy all about her big trip to Disneyland Paris. This interview was so much fun to record, and I learned so much about Disneyland Paris. I met Judy on Instagram where she has a very fun Disney page, which I will link to in the show notes. If you love a fun, positive Disney page, then you will enjoy hers. If this episode or any of them have you wanting to plan a Disney trip of your own, I would love to help you. Email me at jenny at travel.com or check the show notes for my quote form. 2023 is already booking quickly. So if a Disney trip is something you're thinking about, then let's start working on it right now. I love Disney and helping families create once-in-a-lifetime vacations. All of my services are complimentary to my clients, so there really is no reason not to use the expertise of a travel agent. If you're not sure about a Disney park vacation yet and just have some questions, just email me. Let's get the conversation started. To see pictures of Judy and Disneyland Paris with her husband, check out our Instagram page at Disney Travel Tales. You can also find lots of fun Disney content, updates about the podcast, and updates just in general about what's going on in the parks. Okay, so let's get going. Imagine yourself walking into Disneyland Paris for the very first time, and let's go. So today on the show, I have a very special guest. I'm so excited to have her, Judy. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. How about you? I'm great. And I, um, full disclosure, I started following Judy on Instagram about a year ago. She has a very fun page where she talks about Disney. And so that's how I found her. And I saw she was uh, going to Disneyland Paris, and so I reached out to her because I have always wanted to have a guest on that has gone to Disneyland Paris because that's kind of like a bucket list Disney trip for me. So I'm super excited to have her here today. Um, so Judy, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, mention your Instagram page, and then your experience with Disney vacations. Yeah, so I'm the happiest terror on Instagram. Like you said, it's a Disney-centered page. And my history with Disney is I started going to Disney as a kid. Every year, my grandparents would take us to Disney World, and we were Disneyland locals. So grew up with that love of Disney, got married, dragged my husband into it with me. And we have, we're have we DVC owners at Copper Creek, so we take our yearly trip to Disney, but we never actually stayed at our home resort yet. <laughs> oh, that's funny. funny. <laughs> it's usually, uh, I hear pretty common. <laughs> um, but I am celebrating my 40th birthday this year. So just like you, Disneyland Paris has been on my bucket list for a while. And I said, hey, 40 in France sounds pretty good to me. Bugged my husband for two years through COVID to start planning this trip. And fortunately, we were able to make it happen and spent a week in Paris before we went to the parks at Disneyland Paris. That's amazing. And y'all got really lucky because they dropped all those strict travel restrictions, you know, back, I think it was like right in the summer. So yeah, that that had to have been such a relief. 
it was a relief. We were already in the process of making sure we had all of our documentation in place. And then just to know, oh, you don't have to worry about that was fantastic. Yes, that's fabulous. Um, okay, so what were the dates uh, that you were at Disneyland, Disneyland Paris? We arrived um, on October 4th and we stayed on the resort for two nights um, and checked out on the 6th. And then we did three park days. Awesome. And what resort did y'all stay at? We stayed at Disney's Sequoia Lodge. Okay, I'm super curious. So you want to tell us a little bit about that resort? Definitely. So Sequoia Lodge, for those that are familiar with the Disneyland Resort and the Walt Disney World Resort, is their version of Wilderness Lodge or the Grand Californian. It's themed around the American National Parks and the grand um, hotels that are in those national parks. So very woodsy, um, very calm and relaxing. I actually had a hard time telling which bird sounds were piped in through their soundtrack and which were actually bird sounds. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. All three of their hotels at Disneyland Paris are situated in Disney Village and they surround the lake. So we had a lovely water view. Um, my husband and I, since we were going all out for this bucket list trip, had booked a club level room. And club level there works very similarly to how it works at Disneyland and Disney World. Um, you get access to a club lounge and a little extra perks when it comes to the parks. But we were really fortunate when we checked in that we not only got, um, we got an upgrade. So we had booked a standard club level room and they ended up giving us a suite, which was a really fun surprise and That's a great awesome. way to celebrate my birthday. Absolutely. So what we were expecting was a standard view. Um, the, the rooms there are a bit dated. The hotel is due for a renovation and they, they know it's up and coming that that's going to happen in the near future. Um, but we were pleasantly surprised with the suite. Um, had, you walked directly into the bedroom with the well, first bathroom off to the left hand side. And then there was a closet a seating area with a couch and the television, a little kitchenette with the sink and coffee maker, and then a second bathroom um, off of the living room area space. So very spacious, which is really unusual for a European hotel room. Oh, yeah. And we were just thrilled to have that extra space. That is so awesome. That sounds amazing. The one thing that we noticed, and we'll probably touch on this a little later as well, is because the hotel is dated, um, the air conditioning system did not work very well. And it was not hot while we were in Paris. We had very temperate fall weather, uh, but we did want to turn on the AC and ended up having a little bit of a leak from the air conditioning unit. So we ran the AC the first night, and then the second two nights we weren't able to. Yeah, I've heard some kind of similar things about this resort. Um, so, yeah, I was really curious to talk to you and see what your impression of it was. So, yeah, it's great. But that's really nice that y'all got a room upgrade. Yes, it's actually the first time, and I've been going to Disney for years, that I've ever received pixie dust at check-in. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't imagine a better trip to receive that pixie dust on. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> So um, did y'all eat it? Were there restaurants in the resort? Did y'all try any of them? 
Yeah, so there's two restaurants in the resort as well as the club lounge. We didn't eat at either of the restaurants in the resort, but we did eat um, in the club lounge because it was included as part of our room. So the day that we arrived, our room wasn't ready when we arrived. So we (laughs) headed to the club lounge and they had some snack type things out and available as well as soft drinks, tea and coffee um, and juice. So we were able to sit and unwind a little bit from our travel from the city into the parks and wait for our room to be ready. And then the following morning when we got up, we had breakfast um, there and they had a really wide variety of breakfast foods. So scrambled eggs and bacon, the traditional English breakfast was available. They did have Mickey waffles. Have to have those when you're staying on a Disney resort. Yes. Um, yogurts and pastries being paired you would expect good pastries um, and then a coffee machine as well that sounds so nice yeah yeah that was great in the afternoon we didn't get a chance because we were way too busy in the parks but in the afternoons they do an afternoon tea in the um, golden forest lounge as well which is the club lounge oh, that's fun I like that yeah, yeah. so overall um Like, how would you compare it to resorts here back in the States? I would, because it is in such um, need of an update right now, I would say that it's comparable to a moderate level resort. It's supposed to be one of their deluxe resorts. um, But you can see that it's, it's showing its age. And I'm sure once they've done the renovations, it'll be back up to that deluxe level status. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so let's dive into your trip. So y'all's check-in day, did y'all go to any parks that day? We did, yeah. So once we checked in and we were um, got our stuff into the room and changed our clothes, we went to Disneyland Park. And to get there from the resort, you have two options. You can walk through Disney Village or take a shuttle. We chose to walk. It's about a 10-minute walk. Sequoia Lodge to the entrance of the parks and the parks at Disneyland Paris are situated very similarly to Disneyland they're right across an esplanade from each other so really easy to park out yeah that's nice so we started we went through the gates and just like every other Disney park the first thing you see is the train station and my husband immediately decided we needed to take the Disneyland train so we waited about 20 minutes Um, for the train and it does a full loop of the park right now the only station that's open is the main street station so when you board the train at disneyland Paris, you have to do the full loop kind of like at disney world right now yeah that's so nice though because you got to see the park before you had to walk through the park Exactly, exactly. And their lands are situated a little bit differently than the parks here on the continental U.S. that we're used to. So it was great to get a better layout of where things were at, other than just looking at the map. Yeah. Speaking of maps, they don't have a paper park map. So you're reliant on the Disneyland app to use uh, the map from there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, a little disappointing to not have that paper souvenir. I know, especially because Disneyland was cel- or Disneyland Paris was celebrating their 30th anniversary. They are. And so the decor is up. They've got 
beautiful 30th um, logo on the top of the train station where the, their clock tower is. And their hub, when you um, go underneath the train station, has a gazebo in the center, which is unique mm-hmm. to that park. And then just like our parks here in the U.S., you've got um, the city hall to one side and a theater to the other side. I didn't look to see what was going on in that theater, but there's restrooms over there as well. So a great place to make that first pit stop before you head down Main Street. Yes. So did Main Street kind of feel like the Main Streets um, at the parks we're used to? It does. It's very similar. The one key difference is you've got your main street that you can walk down, but to either side of it, there is a covered um, passageway, just like they have in Paris. So those um, traditional arcades that are covered and you have access to the shop from either the street side or the passageway side, which is really nice when it's raining. Yes, I love that. I love that they put a little piece of Paris into the park. Absolutely. Um, So we walked down that uh, passageway to begin with. Uh, with a very specific intent of heading towards Hyperspace Mountain. So do they have like Tomorrowland um, in the parks? Is that like one of the lands? It is. um, It's more of a combination of our Tomorrowland and um, the Oriental Parks uh, Discovery land. Um, Their Space Mountain is themed more steampunk, Jules Verne, and it goes upside down. What? <laughs> yes. Yes. So we were really excited to experience this unique uh, attribute of the ride. Um, one thing that I will share is that my husband and I utilized a disability assistance service for rides at the park. I have type 1 diabetes, and that can sometimes make waiting in lines a little bit tricky. Mm-hmm. So that did cut down on our wait time, but wait times were not at all very crazy in the park. Um, The entrance, if you are utilizing a type of uh, disability assistance, whether it be wheelchair or otherwise, they're not clearly marked. So it's going to be different for each ride. And we had a hard time with that being our first ride other than the railroad, figuring out where we needed to be. But once we figured out the signs we were looking for, it became easier to see where we needed to go. So let's talk about that for a second. Is this something, did you have to apply for this before you got there? Um, You don't have to, but I did. So you have the option of either 30 days before your trip going online or talking to guest relations when you get there. And the process, um, you don't speak directly to a cast member like you would uh, requesting disability access in the U.S. parks. It's Mm -hmm. an online form. You fill it out. But the big difference is Disneyland Paris does require official documentation of your disability or chronic illness before they'll issue a disability access service. Okay, that's definitely good to know for someone who might need to utilize that. Absolutely. They offer two different versions and which one you get is dependent on what type of accommodations that you need and also what type of documentation you have. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, works very similarly to the system here in the U.S. You go to the attraction and get a return time, and then you can only have one return time um, at a time. Perfect. So did y'all not use Genie Plus because you had this? or? So Disneyland Paris doesn't have Genie Plus, but they do okay. have a, a premier service, which works similarly to Genie Plus, mm-hmm. and we did not utilize that. Okay. 
And just like in general, how were the crowds? If you asked someone who was a local, they would say it was very crowded. Uh But in my opinion, comparing it to um, Disneyland and Disney World, it was moderate crowds. So wait times averaged anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes. The highest I think I saw was about 50 minutes. Um, The shows were fully packed. And I don't know if that's something that's just normal for Disneyland pairs that they wait until the seats are all full before they start the show. But we did notice that every show, every seat was full. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay. So after y'all did Hyperspace Mountain, what ride did y'all do next? We took a break um, because we hit a little hiccup with Hyperspace Mountain. Um, And this is something I think that your listeners will find helpful is if you're tall or a poo-sized fluffy person, um, you might have some difficulty with rides at Disneyland Paris where Disney World, Disneyland are very um, big person friendly. Mm -hmm. We found that Disneyland Paris was not. So my husband had to have a cast member push down on the overhead harness uh, for the ride and he was too tall. So his knees were up against the front of the uh, train car Mm -hmm. and it was very uncomfortable for him. What we did find out from a cast member afterwards is that they do have certain seats that have a little bit more room. And so you just need to ask when you're in the load zone, let them know you need a little extra space. Wow, that's really interesting. I would have never even thought of that. My husband is really tall. So yeah, that's man. Yeah, he banged his knee actually pretty bad. We debated whether we would end up needing um, a wheelchair, but he was able to make it through the rest of the park days without needing it now that we knew which rides he might have difficulty with. Yeah, my gosh. I wouldn't, yeah, something you don't think about. You're just kind of used to just the way things are here. Yeah, exactly. I had looked up um, about, because I knew a lot of their roller coasters have that upside down element. So I had looked up about the overhead harnesses, mm-hmm. but I didn't think about his height. Yeah, man, that's, that's really interesting. So after we took our break, after Space Mountain, we went and did Alice's Curious Labyrinth, which is over in Fantasyland. And that's unique to Disneyland Paris and I knew that I wanted to do this and oh my goodness that labyrinth is long so if you're a parent with little ones make sure you're taking the stroller into the labyrinth you can and then there's a place right before you go up into the Queen of Hearts castle where you can park your strollers and have your kids walk or carry them but to walk through the whole thing without that stroller would not have been good if you have kids yeah that sounds so fun though It was very fun. Lots of little surprises and elements from the animated um, Alice in Wonderland. And then we were at the top of the Queen of Hearts castle right at sunset. So views of Fantasyland and Sleeping Beauty's castle. Oh, that's so magical. It was magical. It was a great way to kind of start our few days in that park. Absolutely. So what was your impression of the castle? Because from pictures, it just looks breathtaking. Overall, it is. I mean, gorgeous castle. The parks are gorgeous. The um, you know name that it gets as being the most beautiful park really stands true. They The Imagineers went above and beyond creating the park. The lands flow together in a way that ours 
really don't. Mm -hmm. But that castle is amazing. And that's what we went to visit next. So do you, can you go in the castle or do you just stand around the outside of the castle? You can go in the castle. Oh, nice. They have a Sleeping Beauty walkthrough, kind of like Disneyland's Sleeping Beauty Castle has. Um, So it tells the story of Sleeping Beauty with some interactive elements. But the big unique thing about this castle is underneath the castle, there's a dragon. What? Yes, there's a dragon um, that sleeps underneath Sleeping Beauty's castle. And you can actually go down and visit her. Um, But... Sometimes she's known to wake up and cause a little bit of drama. Oh, my goodness. How much fun. It was fantastic. Um, it's very dark. So for people who might be sensitive to that or have trouble going from it being light to dark, something to be aware of uh, mm-hmm. down there. But such a unique experience. It was so much fun. And we must have stayed down there visiting with the dragon for a good 15 minutes. I mean, I'm just, I feel like I'm just totally mind blown already. (laughs) There's so many aspects I had no idea about. Yes. There's three ways that you can get down into the dragon's lair. My favorite one is actually directly from inside the castle. So as you're walking through across the moat in the drawbridge, if you look off to your left-hand side, there'll be a very hidden set of stairs, and that leads down into the dragon's lair. Oh, fun. What a fun adventure. It really was. At that point, it was starting to get a little bit dark, and Disneyland Paris has three nighttime shows going on right now because of it being Halloween and their 30th anniversary. So we wanted to take advantage of being there and seeing all three of those shows. Mm -hmm. For sure. They have a set-aside area for people that are using disability assistance, where you can view the shows from. So that's what we chose to do the first night. For people who might use this service, I actually wouldn't recommend it now that we've done it um, because you're on the left side of the castle for viewing. And especially for the 30th anniversary show, everything happens on the right side of the castle. Ah, that's a good tip. Views were a little bit limited. Mm-hmm. That's a great tip. So do the crowds get crazy around the castle like they do here during this nighttime shows? They do. Very crazy. But I don't know if it's um, European etiquette or something that's different there. People sit when they're waiting. Even if they're in the center of Main Street, they sit while they wait. And when the show starts here in the U.S. parks, you know, we stand. Mm -hmm. They stay seeing. Oh, that's so nice. Everybody is able to see. Yeah, you don't have to worry about someone who's got kiddos on their shoulders. Um, Everyone who was seating prior to the show stays seated. Oh, my gosh. That's so nice. It was really lovely to not have to worry about, okay, it's time to stand up now. And, oh, now someone's got their kiddo on their shoulders or their cell phone up in the air. How nice. So how was the show? The first show that goes on is their um, villains Halloween show, and that kind of welcomes in the dark. And it was so fun. It's a projection show primarily with some pyro aspects. Um, and it, it was really a blast to see. And then that's about five minutes mm-hmm. long. And there's a 10-minute break between that and Disney Delight, which is their 30th anniversary show and that's the only show that utilizes drones 
So I'm sure uh, people have seen the 30th logo that makes the Mickey silhouette uh, out of drones. Beautiful. But if you want to see it clearly, you got to be on the right hand side of the castle. Okay. And that show, um, the music is in English, and which is really nice. And it lasts about eight minutes. And then it goes immediately into their fireworks show. Mm -hmm. The fireworks, I would call it a combination of Happily Ever After and World of Color. That's a the pretty good combo. <laughs> yeah. The moat that surrounds the castle has water features. So you've got water features, um, pyro, and fireworks going on, as well as the projections. Really beautiful show. It's a combination of French and English. So the songs from animated films that we're familiar with are mostly in English. Mm -hmm. um, and then the show's kind of base um, theme song is in French. Yeah, I was wondering how much English is at the parks. Like, uh, are the signs in English? Or are they in French? They're in both. Okay. So it's very easy because people are coming over from the UK to visit these parks. It's very easy as an English-speaking person to navigate these parks. And most of the cast members do speak English. Um, of course, they appreciate if you attempt a little French. Yes. <laughs> um, but overall, if you only speak English, you're going to do just fine. That's good to know as well. So your overall impression of all the nighttime shows, what was it? 10 out of 10. Yay! <laughs> yes. We were so impressed between the nighttime shows, the shows in the park, and the parades. I would say Disneyland Paris has the best entertainment of the parks that I've visited. You know, I love that they do three different shows, but close enough together where you can just kind of sit there. You don't have to come back or anything. That, and they're all different. Like, that's really cool. They set up their parades during the day the same way. So their 30th anniversary cavalcade happens, and then their Halloween parade happens. And then in the later in the evening, that's early afternoon, later in the evening, they do their cavalcade again and their normal afternoon parade right back to back, which is great. Yeah, that's so nice. And I really like that they include the Halloween in just the regular park ticket. Instead of having to go to a separate event, like everyone can experience it. Yeah, that was something that I had researched a lot before the trip because I'm used to visiting Walt Disney World for the holidays. So I'm like, okay, I want to get a Halloween party ticket. But they only do their Halloween party the, um, the 29th and the 30th and 31st. So it's not run months and months long mm -hmm. like what we're used to with Mickey's Not So Scary. Mm -hmm. uh, and all of the entertainment is the same that you'd be seeing in the parks on a normal autumn day. Yeah, that's so fun. Okay, so what did y'all do after the nighttime spectaculars? The park was closed. So fireworks start right at 9 p.m. and that's park closing time. Mm -hmm. So it was that mad rush um, of everyone to get out of the parks and it was very crowded it took about 20 minutes to get down main street and that's with them utilizing the arcades and main street we kind of went through the shops and browsed a little bit just to see one thing that i noticed is that disneyland paris is not merch heavy so all of this craziness over merch that we're used to in disney world it does not happen there. Oh, there was not a whole lot of stuff mm -hmm. to buy. 
it's kind of disappointing too, especially, you know, if you want to get all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. They had a few things for the 30th celebration. Um, and of course, the standard items you would find in any Disney store, mm-hmm. the plushes and the ornaments. Um, but overall, there were a lot of things that I was expecting mm-hmm. um, that weren't there. Yeah. So then y'all just made your way out of the park after you shopped? We did. So we were starving at that point. We hadn't stopped to get anything to eat because the food, um, especially the quick service food, shuts down at like 5 to 6 p.m. And it's done for the day. So there's no food available in the park um, from 7 p.m. on. Unless you want to get a lollipop from the store so in disney village we decided we would stop and get some food and they have um what we would call american classics in their disney village they have a mcdonald's um they have a five guys and uh the classic my sister's favorite earl of sandwich Uh so we chose to stop in at earl of sandwich and everything's done um computerized order so you place your order and then wait for your number to appear and we just took that back to our room since we had a dining area to eat in. Okay, so Disney Village, just so I can get an idea, what is that like like exactly? It's very, very similar to Disneyland's Downtown Disney. Okay. So it's not large like Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, stores, there's three or four Disney Emporium-type World of Disney stores and then the remaining stores that are in there are more kiosks um, with non-Disney related merchandise. Okay. No brand name, um, no Sephora or anything like we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, the food there were the fast food places that I mentioned and then a couple of restaurants, but a lot of them were still closed. So they have a Chef Mickey's. That's what opens their Disney Village from the resort area. And it has not reopened yet. Okay. Um, they have a uh, Western-style uh, saloon, which is multi-level. So there's a, a buffet restaurant on one level, and we ate there later in the week. And then the bar and party area on the lower level. Um, they have a German castle, which is really, really fun to look at. Um, and has traditional German food for meals. Um, and that, oh, a Rainforest Cafe, of course. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's All so Disney funny. has Rainforest Cafe. They can't get away from it. <laughs> oh. um, so that was pretty much the option. The unique thing about Disney Village is the train station um, that goes to Paris or to the Charles de Gaulle Airport is has a stop right there in Disney Village. So if you're flying in, you can actually go directly from the airport on the train to Disney, um, and it's really convenient. They have luggage racks, so it's an easy and inexpensive way to get from the airport or from Paris to the parks. That is really nice, and that would kind of, you know, because if you're most likely, if you're going to visit Disneyland Paris, you're also going to go see Paris, but that would be a good way to, like, bookend your trip with Disneyland Paris so you have that easy access. Exactly, exactly. How nice. Okay, so let's move on to your next day. What park did y'all visit? 
So we had a harp hopper, so we visited both parks, but we started in the studios, Walt Disney Studios Park. Um, and that, I didn't know really what to expect from this park. Mm -hmm. It's just like our Hollywood studios at Walt Disney World, where it's still got some growing to do. Um, they just opened their Avengers campus, so I knew I wanted to check that out and compare it to the Avengers campus at um, California Adventure. Mm -hmm. But we started, um, you walk in and you walk through a sound, sound stage when you're first going in. And the sound stage is where the shops are on one side and you've got restaurants, quick service restaurants on the other. And that opens out into the courtyard. And they still have the Airful Tower that we used to have at Hollywood Studios. And they still have the Sorcerer Mickey hat. So it was really fun to see those icons yeah, that awesome. were nostalgic. Mm -hmm. Our first stop was to see a show, Mickey and the Magician. I had heard from several people that this show was a must-do. So we had just missed them closing the doors for one um, showing and decided we would wait mm -hmm. for the show, which was nice because then we got uh, top choice of where we wanted to sit when we went in. The friend that told me this was a must-see show was absolutely correct. Again, the entertainment at Disneyland Paris is top-notch. So if you're going to visit, be sure you take the time to see the parades and see the shows. They were really incredible. That's really good advice because sometimes people can get really wrapped up in rides, especially if you have kids like my kids. We'll just ride, I gotta ride, I gotta ride. And I'm like, slow down, there's other stuff to do. So one thing that was really special about this show, and I don't want to give too many spoilers, but there is a Lion King scene in this show. And the parks do have another Lion King show that's separate from this. But in this Lion King scene, they have the animal puppets that make their way through the audience. Mm -hmm. And usually when we see this in a Disney park, you keep your hands to yourself. You're not mm -hmm. allowed to touch, but they were encouraging people to give the animals little scratches or snuggles and the cast members would kind of shiver and react if you decided to touch the puppets as they were coming through the audience so that was such a special touch and something really unique that doesn't happen in other parks no that's really sweet i love that the kids around me were just getting a kick out of it so if you you are happening to visit um you want to have an aisle seat Okay, that's good. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> so what did y'all do after the show? Yeah, that show lasts about 30 minutes. And I wanted to make it back into the Disneyland Park in time to see the parade. Mm -hmm. um, they were cavalcade for the 30th and their Halloween parade. So we booked it across the Esplanade into Disneyland Park and rode one of the Main Street vehicles. They have their own version. They have the fire truck. They have the um, horse-drawn trolley. The only thing I didn't see was an omnibus. So we rode the fire engine up Main Street, and that was such a great experience. So at this point, we hadn't walked up Main Street yet. We had gone up the passageway. Mm -hmm. So the first opportunity to really take a look around, and since we were riding up Main Street, we got that chance to take it all in and get those amazing views of the castle as you're coming up to it. And then settled right into our spot for parade viewing. Um, we, for the parade, stayed in the disability 
seating and it's again to the left of the castle but this worked out for the parades and I highly recommend it so if you are utilizing that or if you're not and you can find a place near where the disability assistance space is it has the perfect view of the castle stages the castle and the parade route that's where you want to be for those parades yes that just sounds like such a magical experience riding the car down main street oh I love it I I think so many people skip that because they're in such a hurry Mm -hmm. no matter which park they're in to get down main street and get to whichever land they're starting their day in but it really is a nice way to slow down and open the park up to you absolutely I love that how sweet so how was the parade oh my gosh the cavalcade was very simple it was a one float cavalcade it had the 30th anniversary logo on it and about six characters so there were judy hops and nick coco was on there none of the fab five were in this cavalcade so that was a little like oh yeah um but there was a little bit of time in between that and when the parade started i think we had about 45 minutes between the two um so that gave me time to get some popcorn and they have a 30th anniversary popcorn bucket so of course that was a souvenir i felt like i needed to have absolutely (laughs) and then to look around at their um gardens they have special gardens up right now because of the 30th anniversary with these gorgeous steel sculptures of animated disney characters um and they spin with the wind so it's kind of like a wind chime almost Mm -hmm. so i went looked at a couple of those while my husband saved our spots for the parade um again those disney details that if you're rushing off to rides and whatnot you're going to miss but they really contributed to the beauty of this park absolutely that's what it sounds like I got really lucky in that my favorite place to put myself when I'm waiting for a parade or viewing a parade is either behind a stroller if I can manage and a parent's not standing there or behind a trash can because then I know I'm going to have a gap between Mm -hmm. me and whoever's in front of me. So I got um, stationed right behind a trash can and had the best view for the Halloween parade. Now their parade route is a little unique in that as it's coming um, from it's a small world just like Disneyland's parade does and it's situated in the same area mm-hmm. to the right of the castle it splits and part of the parade goes one way around the castle hub and the other goes the opposite way and then you're like well how are they going to come back together to go down Main Street and I was watching this trying to figure it out going I don't understand how this is going to work but the costumes, the music, the floats were so overwhelming and so beautiful that I didn't have too much time to worry yeah. about how they were going to get down Main Street. And so I was shocked when the parade stopped. There was a float on each side and cast members, entertainment cast members dancing on each side of the hub. And it just stopped and everyone left the parade route. The characters left their floats, the dancers left, and I'm like, what is going on? This is weird. But they actually have these uh, round stages, and there's four of them that circle the hub, and they go onto those stages, and they do a performance, a stage show, 
in the middle of the parade on there. And so on one closest to us, we had the big bad wolf and the three little pigs. And directly across from me was Daisy, along with some dancers. On the far side was Mickey and uh, the grave diggers. And then on the back corner was Minnie Mouse. So that was really cool to get to see this show in the middle of the parade. And it gives everyone an opportunity to kind of see and have more entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I was so surprised. That's really interesting. Like, that's so cool. Really unexpected. Yeah. And then they went back to their floats and one by one continued down Main Street. And then the last two floats, which had Mickey and Minnie, um, individually came by and very similar components to our Halloween parade. They had the grave diggers. They didn't have shovels, um, but they still did a beautiful job with their dancing. Mm -hmm. So that was my favorite of the entertainment. Yeah. I love that. That's really neat. What I noticed was that even though people were sitting on the sidewalk and standing on the sidewalks lining Main Street, it wasn't overly crowded. So Mm -hmm. if you had come up 10 or 15 minutes before the parade, you still would have been able to find a spot where you could view the parade easily. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Especially if there's a show like on a stage, like you wouldn't even you would be able to see that probably for a while. Yeah. No matter where you are around Mm -hmm. the hub you've got at least one of the stages, if not two, that you can see. That's so such cool. a lovely detail. Yeah, I love that. That's so awesome. It was really amazing. I was gushing about it for hours afterwards. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> After the parade, it, we were hungry for lunch, so we made our way back over to the studios park, to that sound stage, um, and grabbed quick service. Now, I had heard uh, a lot about the food at Disneyland Paris prior to my trip. I had been warned that the um, food places close very early, and I had been warned that the food was kind of mediocre, Mm -hmm. especially compared to food you can get in Paris. Yeah. Uh, But we were pleasantly surprised with our quick service burgers. Uh, They were quite good. So we did, we each did a burger and fries and a uh, soda. Um, cost wise, it was less than what you would expect to pay in the U S parks, but more than we were paying for meals in, in Paris. Mm -hmm. So Disney prices, but not as high as Disney world or Disneyland. Well, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of a relief there. Yes. So is the food typically American style food in the park? It is. So especially at the quick service locations, it, yeah, it's all either barbecue or burgers and fries, very mm-hmm. much theme park food. And they do, don't try to make it Instagram worthy like yeah. our parks have gotten into the habit of doing. So maybe that's something that'll happen down the road for them. Um, but right now they're, they're really, I think, trying to make food that appeals to most people. Mm-hmm. And get it out quickly. Yeah, that makes sense. In the table service restaurants, you get a little bit of both. So they do have their prefix menus that are more traditional French mm-hmm. food. And then their a la carte menu would be more Western style food. Interesting. 
Maybe yeah. that's what people, maybe people are wanting a more European style food when they go over there and then they just get basic stuff. So maybe that's part of the complaint. I think so. I think that contributes to it for sure. And for those that are familiar with the U.S. parks where we've gotten into this trend of having pretty food. Yes. I can see how it would be disappointing to go, there is nothing special about this. Yeah. I don't want to take a picture of it. <laughs> exactly. How am I going to put this on my Instagram? <laughs> um, but it, taste, it tasted good and it kept us satisfied. So we were happy with it. It did the job. That's right. We actually didn't have any um, table service. Uh, reservations um, because my husband's a very picky eater and he doesn't like to be scheduled into we have to be at this place at this time so I chose to skip that um, in hindsight I wish I would have gone ahead um, the restaurant in Walt Disney Studios Park that borders their Ratatouille ride is adorable the theming is over the top. You can see into it as you're exiting the ride. And so if you have Littles or have a fan of Ratatouille, Remy, that's somewhere I would highly recommend. The other one was their version of Blue Bayou, which they call Captain Jack's, and that's connected to Pirates of the Caribbean. And as we were passing by, it smelled delicious, and the theming looked really fantastic. So those two are on my list for next visit. <laughs> Oh, that Ratatouille one. I want to go there. We are huge Ratatouille fans. It's utterly adorable. Oh, I love it. How fun. So our next stop after we had some lunch was Tower of Terror, which is in the studios park. Um, it is similar to Hollywood Studios Tower of Terror, but there are unique twists to all of the classic rides mm -hmm. I'm familiar with. So... My husband said that he thought this was the best version of Tower of Terror. Nice. A little more scary Ooh. than Disney World's version. Nice. And we um, used the disability service for that, but the line for standby was not very long. It was about a 20, 25 minute wait um, for Tower of Terror. After Tower of Terror, which is right at the front of the park, we headed to the left where Avengers Campus is. And I was so excited to go in and see how this compared to mm -hmm. Disneyland's Avengers Campus. It felt more like a college campus than Disneyland's does. Um, so that was really unique. Mm -hmm. have web slingers, which um, we have. Mm -hmm. at California Adventure, and then they have a roller coaster there in Avengers Campus. So instead of having um, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, they have Flight Force Avengers Assemble, which used to be Rock and Roller Coaster, and they've rethemed it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you would never know um, with the retheme that that's what it used to be mm -hmm. at all. Uh, this was another one where we needed to be careful because of my husband's height. So we specifically had asked for the front car and that ride goes upside down at least five times. What? We're shocked <laughs> by it. Oh my God. Being a Disney ride. It was very much a thrill coaster. Really, really fun. Um, really good theming throughout the queue. 
um, you feel like you're getting ready to go on a mission to save the world with the Avengers. That sounds so fun. It was a blast. Literally. (laughs) Yeah, sounds like it. So is the Web Slingers, like, exactly like the one at California Adventure? Okay. It is. Yeah, exactly like it. So we chose to skip on that one because that was the only ride that I heard was identical. Mm-hmm. He's totally identical to what we have in the States. Yeah. So um, we wandered around Avengers Campus, but we didn't. Oh, we did. We saw um, one. And now I can't remember what the fighters from Black Panther, what they're called. But we saw them performing. Mm-hmm. Um, watched that for a little bit before we head out of Avengers Campus towards the uh, Toy Story Cars Land area or Pixar place. So what do they have over there? So in their Pixar area, they have two Cars rides. So they have the Cars Road Trip which was under refurbishment while we were there. Um, and online aid noticed there's not a good description of what the ride is. Mm-hmm. But looking at the map and looking at it as we walked by, it looks like it's similar to Radiator Springs ra- Racers and Test Track. Okay. They have um, RC Racers, which we were really excited to experience because that's unique to this park. And it's um, this giant u-shaped track Mm -hmm. an rc car that you sit in and it kind of you know goes back and forth on the track very quickly and very high Mm -hmm. um but the cast member was very helpful uh as we got into the queue and mentioned that the restraint system goes across the lap and that it might be a ride that we would have trouble with Mm -hmm. so we chose to actually end up skipping that one Mm -hmm. that one had about a 15 minute wait and it seemed like people were having the time of their lives on it mm-hmm. hopefully by next trip we might be able to make it work yeah yeah it gives you but something I, to look forward to definitely and I appreciate um that in this particular instance that the cast member spoke up um, yes. rather than creating an embarrassing situation the one thing that we were disappointed with is there were no test seats at the beginning of the ride especially having so many thrill rides and roller coasters um, that have over-the-head harnesses or across-the-abdomen restraints, Mm -hmm. it would be really helpful to have those. Absolutely. Yeah, that's something I might want to think about. Yeah. Also in their um, Pixar area, they have the Toy Soldiers Parachute Drop, um, which was closed because of wind. But it's similar to the Jumping Jellyfish at California Adventure. Okay. Um, just has the Toy Soldier overlay on it. Uh-huh. And then the other ride that was over there is the, um, pardon my French here, it's the Cars Coptera Route something. Um, <laughs> and it's it's um, a trackless ride, mm-hmm. family friendly, similar to Luigi's Rollicking Roadsters where the cars dance around each other, but it's not the roadsters. It's um, more cars style cars. Mm-hmm. So um, that one was just a cute, fun little ride, uh, short wait on that less than 10 minutes. It's so cool that they have just different rides. And even if it's kind of the same, a different overlay, like that's really special. Yeah. Yeah. And even the classic rides 
have something about them that makes them a little bit unique mm-hmm. to the park. So I'm glad that we didn't pass on um, some of the classics like Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion because we really would have missed out. Yeah, that's really, I love that. So walking out of the Pixar area, and there's construction going on. So Disneyland Paris does have two more lands coming in 2024 to line up with the Summer Olympics that are happening there. They're getting a frozen land. So my husband and I spent some time looking at the concept art. Mm -hmm. And then the pathway that leads to Frozen Land will also have a Tangled attraction. What? I had no idea. (laughs) So some things in the very near future to look forward to. Oh my gosh, finally a Tangled attraction. I feel like Disney fans have been begging for this. And Paris gets it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It just gives me another reason to have to go. Yes. So um, as you're going through that corridor where the construction is taking place, they kind of have it hidden with different um, food booths. They reminded me of the festival kitchens that we get at Epcot. Mm -hmm. And it was very French-centric. So, like, one booth was your wine and cheese and charcuterie. And one booth had pastries and eclairs and tarts. And one had crepes. Um, So we stopped to have a little snack. My husband had a crepe. And I had a pineapple tart. Um, And they had fresh squeezed orange juice, um, which in a theme park was incredible. Yes. Really delicious. Um, And then that led into the Ratatouille area. So the Ratatouille attraction had about a 25-minute wait, and we wrote that, and theirs is entirely in French. So I know at Epcot, we've got half French, half English. Mm -hmm. Theirs is in French. And our um, ride froze in that very first scene. Okay. So we were like, oh, this is weird. But we'd been on it before at at Epcot, so it wasn't too disappointing. Mm -hmm. Um, But one thing I noticed was, and this is such a random Disney person thing to notice, is the really fun wallpaper that we have at Epcot for Remy's Ratatouille adventure that has Remy and Emil and the Eiffel Tower. Mm -hmm. The Paris one does not have that wallpaper. Really? It's the same color scheme. Uh Uh-huh. Is not that print. Huh. And I noticed that right away, and my husband thought that was a really weird thing to notice. But I'm like, I don't know, it's a Disney thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, people will get me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that uh, ride exits with the restaurant there on the side, so you kind of get to peek in as people are having their meals and watch them just like you do watch uh, Remy's restaurant as you're getting, you know, towards the end of the ride. Oh, fun. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's so cool. There was a little bit of a shopping area. Um, and so I stopped because they had a lounge fly bag that was exclusive to Disneyland Paris that I wanted to pick up. Mm-hmm. As a side note, it came on to shop Disney the day I got home. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I picked, picked that up and kind of did a little looking around there. And that was the one shop where I noticed that they had some unique things. So they had the Disney cookbooks that most of us are familiar with, but in French. Ooh. So, yeah. So that was nice because 
it's unique to that, um, to say, oh, I got it that this far. Yeah. Um, and then it was starting to get close to closing time for studios. They closed at seven that night. And my husband and I were debating whether we wanted to do one last ride before we went back to the Disneyland side. And the last ride on the way out is, um, the crush coaster Mm -hmm. unique to, uh, this park. Um, but we decided that we would wait and ride it the following day. So we headed over to Disneyland. Again, so grateful for easy park hopping here. Um, And made our way through Frontierland because the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland Paris is in Frontierland. Yes, I've heard that. Yes, and it it fits there. It's such a great place for it. Mm -hmm. As we walked up, though, we noticed that it was temporarily closed. Mm. had to make some rearrangements to our plans and decided that we needed a refill of our popcorn and wanted to do that before everything closed. Yes. <laughs> we weren't able to get it. Um, so we got some popcorn and decided to head over to Pirates of the Caribbean. Their Adventureland, I think, is my favorite. Oh, really? At Disneyland Paris. Um, it just was more themed than mm-hmm. either of the Adventurelands um, at the U.S. parks. We had a lot of fun uh, walking around the caves and taking photos of School Rock. They have the Jolly Roger pirate ship that normally you can walk around in, um, but it was under refurbishment, so we were only able to get pictures. But the moon had just risen, and it was sitting over Skull Rock, and it had the pirate ship in the background, and it made for amazing photographs. We spent a lot of time just wandering around, taking in the sights of the land before getting onto Pirates of the Caribbean. That sounds the, so cool. The line for Pirates of the Caribbean, we actually chose to go through the traditional queue because I wanted to see how it varied from the U.S. parks. Mm-hmm. Really glad that we did. It's a very themed queue. And, you know, at Disneyland, where our Pirates of the Caribbean is in New Orleans Square, and most of that queue is outdoors, and at Disney World, it's themed um, to like a fortress. Mm-hmm. This one themed more like caves. So unique theming to it. And then the ride itself was very different than the U.S. parks. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, still had some of the um, Pirates of the Caribbean movie aspects. So mm-hmm. there still was Jack Sparrow, um, but a lot of different scenes, along with the classic scenes we're used to. So it still had the um, fight scene with the ship in the fortress, um, and it still had the burning of the city scenes and the auction scene. They do have red. Um, and they do have the lady um, that's used to be being auctioned. But instead of her auctioning off her hens here, she's auctioning off her jewels. Oh, so oh. she's a little bit fancier. <laughs> yeah, very dressed up. Um, so that was fun to spot those differences. And then we noticed that there were a few additional areas where they brought in elements from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie series. Mm-hmm. So. Had a Barbosa 
animatronic. And in the scene where the um, women are chasing the pirates through their homes, there is a animatronic of Elizabeth Swan and Will Turner that are sword fighting in that area. So some fun hidden surprises. Yeah, that's so cool. I love it. I love little, all the dig little differences. Yeah, little Easter eggs that yeah. were nice. Pirates of the Caribbean across all the parks is my husband's favorite ride. So he was really happy and he loved this experience as well. Mm -hmm. So made it onto our list for the next day to ride again. Nice. At that point, um, it was starting to get late, and so I was trying to figure out, do we want to try and see the nighttime shows again or use this time to go on additional rides? And I really wanted to see the Delight show, the 30th anniversary show, from the right-hand side, mm -hmm. drones. So we made it our way up to the hub um, and got a spot on the right-hand side of the castle. Um, it was very crowded. And watched the villains Halloween show again, and we're waiting for delights. And they made an announcement that due to wind, the drones weren't going to fly. Oh man! So, which is is normal in our parks as well. Yeah. Right. Weather, you know, can always impact that. So, just a safe reminder to say, if you have multiple days in the park, when it comes to the nighttime shows, see them as early on as you can in your trip, because you never know if they're going to be canceled. That's great advice at any of the parks. Yeah. So I very carefully made my way out of the crowds who were kindly sitting, like we talked about, uh -huh. um, to find my husband who was uh, waiting closer to Main Street away from the crowds. And we decided to leave the park before <laughs> the fireworks ended and try and um, make our way through Disney Village without being in the midst of all that craziness. Probably a great idea. <laughs> On our way out from the park, we um, went through a couple of the Disney stores in Disney Village, and then we stopped at the um, Billy Bob Western Saloon for our dinner. Um, this is a prefix buffet dinner that they do. It's barbecue chicken and mac and cheese, um, all done traditional buffet style. So they're back to letting you serve yourself. Mm -hmm. The one thing that kind of surprised us is the meal comes with one soft drink. Um, and then if, if you finish that, if you need more, there's not free refills. And it was tricky to find someone to request another refill. This was the only instance we had on Disney property where we had trouble not speaking French. Okay. So finding a server to be able to ask for an additional beverage and how finding out how to pay for it mm -hmm. with my very limited French vocabulary was um, a little bit of a tough thing. Yeah. I mean, it was bound to happen, right? <laughs> Right, and I, we made it. We got yeah. it through it. So minor, minor thing over soda. Yeah, uh, the food was okay. I mean, they're they're French doing American barbecue, so take that for what it is. Right. Uh, but the desserts 
were really, really stand out. And this is the only place where I saw desserts or food that was Instagram worthy. Mm -hmm. They had the cutest um, white chocolate mousse um, dome that had a Captain Hook hook on it. Cute. That was really fun and really yummy. It sat on a chocolate cookie. Um, And then they had macarons with the 30th logo on them. And uh, an eclair that had a chocolate piece with the 30th logo airbrushed on there. So really pretty, really tasty French desserts. That sounds awesome. And then we made our way back to the hotel. um, And there was still an hour before the uh, Golden Forest Lounge closed. So we stopped to get some bottled water and sodas, kind of stock up for what we knew would be our last day in the park. That's nice, too, um, just for people listening, that when you are club level, you can go get those drinks. Yes, yes, especially the the bottled water. Um, Just like our U.S. parks, they do have some fountains where if you're bringing your own bottle, you can refill it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they're few and far between. Yeah, and then you have to find them. and yeah. One other unique thing that we noticed was the resorts, all of them have character meet and greets there in the resort. So if you're having a non-park day, you don't need to book a character meal to be able to see the characters. They're there in your hotel and you'll have um, a sign in the lobby that tells you what time they meet. Mm -hmm. It's times with different characters throughout the day and they meet very late. So Goofy was there. Um, that evening, and he was there until 11 p.m. Oh, my gosh. But for us adults that don't have little ones, um, it was great to be able to meet him and have that interaction um, and not have to worry about sleepy kids crying. Yeah, that's really cool. I bet they do. I wonder if they do that just because of time change for people, you know, coming from all over and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, but it definitely was a an amenity that we were grateful for and something that I know um, families during the day should definitely take advantage of. Oh, yes. And I wonder if the lines are shorter at the resorts than in the parks. Because were there character meet and greets in the parks? There were. We didn't um, take the time to do too many of the character meet and greets. Mm -hmm. In fact, the only character in the park that I spent any time um, was Mickey up on the train station Mm -hmm. in his 30th outfit, and he was dancing, and it was really lovely to see that. Um, And we we caught that as we were coming into the park one of the days. Mm -hmm. But, we yeah, we didn't stop for any character meet and greets, but they do have them, so the princesses have their fairy tale hall. Cheshire Cat, which is kind of unique, yeah, back in the in the labyrinth area. So, something to have on the list next time. I've heard it said that Disneyland Paris is a one day stop, but I disagree. We had three days there, and we didn't get to see or do everything. Um, so, don't don't plan one day. If you're a Disney person, one day is not enough. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can't imagine one day at any park would be no. enough. <laughs> oh, so then um, the next morning uh, was our last park day and our checkout day for the hotel. So we got up pretty early because I wanted to try and take advantage of the early morning hours, mm-hmm. which all resort guests get. Um, but. 
we just weren't moving quite fast enough. Mm -hmm. By the time we packed our stuff, made sure the suitcases weren't overweight to take to the airport later that day. Um, the hotel did store our luggage after we checked out of our room. And a service that I really appreciated was they came um, and Bell Services picked up the luggage and we did not need to be in the room for them to do that. So we called to request the pickup and then we left the parks. Magically, when we came back, our luggage was with Bell Services and ready to head to the airport. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of a different um, experience than the U.S. parks where mm -hmm. you have to be there for them to either bring or take your right. luggage. Um, so then we headed back to the Disneyland park. Um, my husband told me he had to ride Pirates of the Caribbean again. So that's where we started. Our day was to ride Pirates. And this morning we chose to walk down Main Street. So this was our first time walking down Main Street um, since it was early in the morning, grabbing some castle pictures. Uh, again, if you are that person who runs an Instagram or needs photos, the earlier you can get those, the better, where the crowds aren't so bad. Mm -hmm. Went down and said goodbye to the dragon under the castle and headed back into Adventureland to go on Pirates. There was not a wait, so we just walked directly through the queue and got right onto the ride. And then our next stop was to head to Phantom Manor, which is their haunted mansion, mm -hmm. since it had been closed the previous night. But as we were walking through um, Frontierland to get there, we noticed that the Molly Brown, which is their steamship that is on, um, it's not the Rivers of America there. Yeah. <laughs> but we noticed that it was docked and, and ready to board. So we chose to take a little detour and ride that. And that was really fun. The Molly Brown steamship is beautiful. Um, different than our U.S. parks where we have more of a paddle boat with a paddle at the back. Mm -hmm. The paddles are on the side huh. of the boat. So it was a fun little adventure to, on the lowest level of the boat, you got to walk down some steps and then walk up the steps on the other side, and that's the cutout where the paddle wheel Oh, that's be. cool. Yeah, really unique. Yeah. Uh, had some lovely views of Big Thunder as we were passing by. Big Thunder um, was my biggest ride I was disappointed about because it was closed for refurbishment. Mm. I got super excited because I saw that they were running test trains mm -hmm. were passing by. I was like, I wonder if there's a chance it's going to open. It didn't. It's still closed as of today. Um, so hopefully it's getting close to reopening. Mm -hmm. uh, but... From what I've read and heard, the Big Thunder there is the longest Big Thunder coaster and has some unique um, attributes. So that's on my list for next visit. Yes. And then got beautiful views of Phantom Manor and Boot Hill Cemetery, which is kind of an attraction beside um, Phantom Manor as we were coming back through to dock. And after we exited the Molly Brown, we went over to Phantom Manor. Phantom Manor was the ride where I think we had the best advantage using the disability service. So this was the longest wait. It was about a 50-minute mm -hmm. 
And the entrance um, for the disability entrance was a little hard to locate. So the sign said you needed to go to the exit of the ride, but that wasn't in fact correct. There was an additional gate in the front. So once we found that area, we discovered that we were the only people at this particular given time walking up this path. And the Imagineers have designed this path as if it were truly the walkway leading up to this home. So it was stairs or a ramp bordered by walls and beautiful gardens leading up to it that as you got closer to the mansion got darker and more decayed looking. Mm -hmm. And it was just my husband and I on this path. So a magical way to end our trip. Um, when you get up to the manor, it looks very different than either of the haunted mansions in the U.S. So it took some time to take in those details. Mm-hmm. Just like the U.S. parks, you enter into the foyer and then into the stretching room. Uh, um, the stretching room portraits are different. Oh, that's cool. US. And the script that the ghost host is speaking is slightly different because the backstory of this ride is different. Mm -hmm. So something, if you're into the backstories that Imagineers have created for every ride, something to do a little research into um, before you visit. After the stretching room, you exit um, and there is a little bit of queuing before you get to your doom buggy. And as you're in that hallway, just like um, Disneyland, you have portraits on the wall, but the portraits are different than what we're used to in our parks because they fit the theme of Phantom Manor, Mm -hmm. which is very much centered on the bride. So as you're loading into your doom buggy, behind you, you see these big picture windows with um, red curtains and the bride's standing there in the window, just staring out of the windows and it's storming behind them. So that was really unique and a good um, lead in to what the Phantom Manor was all about. Uh That sounds really cool. It was cool and kind of spooky. Yeah. (laughs) So um, without too many spoilers, a lot of the rooms initially are similar. Mm -hmm. Our uh, U.S. versions, they have their ballroom. The backstory to all of it is slightly different. But when you get to the attic and you, you know, start to, to fall out that window, as they say, instead of going to the graveyard, something else entirely happens. And you're kind of in an, a different ride at that point. Huh. Um, it becomes very much like a carnival haunted house at that point, uh, which was so jarring because I wasn't expecting it, uh-huh. uh, but really fun and really special to this particular park. And it fit the story of Phantom Manor. So I won't give any more details because I want people to be able to experience it on their own. But certainly a different ending than what we're used to. That sounds so fun. Haunted Mansion is my favorite ride at Disney World. And so I would love to go on that one. Oh, you're going to love it. It's a great (laughs) ride. Yes, it sounds so cool. So um, after we rode... Phantom Manor, we, you know, were kind of at the time limit of when we needed to head back 
to the hotel and get ready to head to the airport. Um, I still wanted to do a little bit of shopping because I didn't spend much time shopping and I know, knew that there were some of the 30th pins that I mm-hmm. wanted to pick up. Um, so my husband went to collect our luggage while I walked through the shops in Disney Village and as we were exiting the park to find the things that I was looking for, some ears um, and pins. And did y'all do the train to the airport? Were y'all going to the airport at this point? Yeah, we were going to the airport. We didn't um, take the train. We probably should have in hindsight, but I had a lot of concern about, um, I had two large suitcases Mm -hmm. and my husband had his large suitcase and a uh, carry-on bag and we each had backpacks. So I didn't want to worry about managing all of that on the train. Once I had learned they had luggage racks, it would have been okay, Um, but we chose to take an Uber, and it was really fun that we did because we got to go through um, urban and residential areas and see a side of Paris that you don't see when you're in the city. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, your trip sounded absolutely amazing. I'm like... So on the verge of booking a trip to Disneyland Paris now. Like, it just sounds so much fun. Well, some um, maybe things that will help tip you over the edge. What we realized is um, since we booked our tickets along with our hotel room, it all came out to be if we were to, you know, split it and look at the cost of just Mm -hmm. the tickets. The um, three-day park hopper ticket ended up only being $54 per person each per day. What? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So when all of these price hikes on tickets um, are hurting a little bit here in the U.S., Disneyland Paris is still very affordable. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't even think people realize. I mean, I didn't even realize that. You yeah. just assume it's expensive, but Wow. Yeah, so I'm like, "Mm, if I can figure out the airfare, (laughs) going back doesn't seem like such a bad idea. Hmm, that's good to know, Mm -hmm. keeping that on the back burner. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I ask all of my guests, what was your least magical moment of your trip? The least magical moment was waking up um, the first morning after we had arrived and finding the carpet in our room flooded from the air conditioner. That's no fun. (laughs) No. And we debated between, um, do we let them know and switch rooms and pack up all our stuff and waste park time? Or do we just shut the AC off, open a window, one window in our room opened, um, and not worry about it. And, And we chose to just not worry about it. That's probably a good choice in hindsight because, yeah, it would have taken so much time to have to wait and deal with someone. Yeah. Yeah. Park time was more important to me. Absolutely. So if you were to go back, would you stay at a different resort? If we go back, I would love to stay at the Disneyland Hotel. It was still under um, reimagining while we were there. But you walk underneath the hotel to get into Disneyland Park and it's beautiful so that that's top on my list is we would stay there and it has direct access to the park oh that's nice yeah okay so what was your most magical moment 
The most magical moment was the moment when the parade stopped and everyone went onto those stages because it was such a surprise. Yeah. Those are the best parts of trips when the unexpected happens and it just like feels so good, right? It does. It does. And that parade was so good. The entertainment cast were so talented. The floats, the costumes, it all came together, the music. Disneyland Paris has the best entertainment. There you go. You heard it here. (laughs) Well, Judy, is there anything else you want to say about your trip before I let you go? Um, no, I I think that pretty much covers it. Wonderful. Well, just remind everyone where to find you on Instagram, and you visit Disneyland quite often, so... You're definitely a fun page to follow along. Yes. So I am the happiest terror, that's H-A-R-E-R, on Instagram. And I do have another Disney trip coming up. I'll be heading to Walt Disney World at the end of the month to do Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party on Halloween and the Wine and Dine 5K. And then I'm staying to go to the first Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. So transitioning through Halloween into Christmas. How much fun. Wow, I love that. That's going to be amazing. Yep, it'll be a great trip, so follow along. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this show. Like I said earlier, look for Disney Travel Tales on Instagram and Facebook to see pictures from Judy's trip. To never miss a new episode of the podcast, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I have so many amazing guests coming up for the rest of this year, and I would hate for you to miss their travel tales. While you are subscribing to the podcast, if you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a positive review on Apple Podcast. As always, this show is sponsored by me, a travel agent with my favorite agency, Charlie Lane Travel, an authorized earmarked agency. You can visit me on Instagram and Facebook or visit the agency at trolleylanetravel.com and read through all the bios of the amazing agents that work there. I will be back next week with a new episode to get you in the Halloween spirit. So until then, this is Jenny and may all your Disney travel dreams become a reality.